Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, thank you for your word to us, for the way uh, it sometimes shocks us, surprises us, and challenges us. Uh, but Lord, we pray, uh, help us to know something of you afresh this morning. Amen. Wow. It's that Sunday, isn't it, between uh, Christmas and New Year. It's not Epiphany yet, it's uh, still Christmas. And uh, I don't know about you, but every time that this part of Matthew's Gospel comes up, as the reading. I'm kind of uh, a mix of feelings, really. There's a bit of me uh, often feels slightly shocked when I, when I read the content, and sometimes almost slightly surprised, I suppose, shocked at the horror uh, of Herod's actions and, and having small children. That kind of drives it home in a whole new way for, uh, for me. Um, but also kind of surprised, because a lot of us sort of forget that this is a part of the Christmas narrative, that it's, it kind of sits there in and amongst shepherds and wise men and, and babies in mangers. Um, and th there's lots of good reasons, I think, for those reactions, because, uh, you know, and often for forgetting it, because the whole episode of children being killed is, is usually edited out of every nativity you ever go to, right? I mean, that's the, the massacre of the holy innocents does not play well uh, at a Chris Dingle service, by and large. I don't think I've ever seen a nativity play that really makes reference to it. I mean, like this year, we, we made reference to Herod, but again, even in the script we had from the Bible Society, of, of all people, you'd expect to mention it. It's not there. And also, like, like we follow the, the, the lectionary, this kind of great set of readings through the year, and depending on, on where the year falls and where Sunday after Christmas falls, we may or may not actually hear this reading very often. In fact, I look back, the last time I'd uh, even spoken on it uh, was three years ago. Um, so there's lots of reasons I could go on and on about why we are less familiar uh, with this bit. Um, but it got me thinking. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny, isn't it? That there's something that we could be um, kind of or feel perhaps unfamiliar with something that is right in front of us all the time, like the Christmas narrative uh, that's, you know, there in plain English for us to read in our Bibles. Um, but that made me think, I mean, it is quite easy, isn't it, to be unfamiliar with something that you see all the time. I mean, you know, I've, I've been here two and a half years. I've, I've kind of just celebrated my third Christmas at St. Mary's. But how familiar with me have you really gotten in that time? Well, let's find out. Because this morning, we're going to play the Big Ginger Quiz. Hey, Chris, hit that button and make those stars spin. There we go. Minutes of PowerPoint work. Strangely self-serving as a quiz, I know, but hopefully it illustrates the point. How well do you know me? We're going to have five questions. Each question has three potential options. Uh, so the bit I didn't tell Chris is it's one click will bring up each option at a time, and then hold fire because we don't want to reveal the answers prematurely. And then you will get to vote in our patented interactive voting system for which option you believe to be the correct answer. Now, this voting system has been fine-tuned over years and is based largely on our church wardens. So, so if you think the answer is option A, I've developed an action that I call the Helen White, and you just go like this. There we go. Let's just practice the Helen White. There we go. They're excellent. This is for option A. Brilliant. Helen, you're not practicing your own action. Come on. There we go. Thank you. Perfect. The second, if you think it is option B, is an action I call the Andrew. Nice and easy to remember, think family service guitar. There we are. Perfect. And the last action is one, my favorite, it's called the Tim. Um, and, and it's the crazy one where you just go like this. Because that's the kind of guy he is, it's true. So, 
Eyes down from, now, now I, I, the other thing, right, is that unlike at 8 o'clock when I made them do this, you cannot cheat by looking at my parents who are sat over there. Because if they don't know all the answers, shame will be upon our household. So, here we go. Question one. How old is Andrew? Am I A, 36, B, 39, or C, 42? Vote now, A, B, or C. Let's see, where do we think we're going? Let's have a look. Oh, bless you, there's some very generous people. <laughs> deeply flattering, but I'm 39. And so, there we go. Go on, one more click and it'll turn a lovely shade of ginger. Perfect. Birthday next year, yes, I will be 40. <laughs> 7th of March. Um, <laughs> does fall on a weekend, just saying. So, okay, <laughs> question two. Where is Andrew from? Now, not in a metaphysical sense. I mean, like, originally. Um, no, no, no one can say from my mum. That's not fair. Right, so is it A, Liverpool? B, am I a native Londoner? Or C, am I from Manchester? A, B, or C, vote now. Look at that. Oh, yes. My harsh northern accent is pervading all that I do. Most of you got it right. Yes, I am indeed from God's second city, Manchester. <laughs> Okay, question three. I used to work in a museum, but which museum did I work at? Was it A, the Science Museum, B, the Natural History Museum, or was it C, the Transport Museum? Vote now, A, B, or C. Let's have a look, or oh, much more mixed, but a lot of you have got it, yes, it was A. I did work at the Science Museum, or, or not, as for the people we used to refer to as them next door, uh, the Natural History Museum, with their fancy, shiny building. Ah, uh, yeah, hey, five years of blowing things up for small children's entertainment pleasure. Um, I miss it sometimes. Question four. What is Andrew's favourite food? Ooh, ooh. So, is it A, is it a curry? Is it B, a full English breakfast? Or is it C, something green and vegan? <laughs> Vote now, whichever way you want to. Anyone with their arms in the air will be asked to leave. But, um, <laughs> go on, Chris, the big reveal. Either or either. <laughs> to, to be honest, depending on the day, it could be, could be either or either. Last question. Okay, uh, I've got a week off coming up, but what would be my perfect day off, all things being equal? Would it be a day out with my friends? Would it be B, a visit to a theme park? Would it be C, coffee and a good book? A, B, or C? Vote now. Oh, let's see. I'm, I'm seeing quite a lot of... Oh, excellent. Okay, those of you who voted C, it's true. Coffee, good book, and Elizabeth and Florence, you guys somewhere else. Um, <laughs> only kidding, sweetie. I love you both. Um, just, just, just not when I'm reading a book with a cup of coffee. There we go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think anybody get all five right other than my parents? Let's see, a couple of you. Anybody get four? Anybody get three? Any, anybody just, we'll just call it less than three. <laughs> Only one, excellent. Well, give yourselves a round of applause and thank you for playing the Big Ginger Quiz. Go on, Chris, we'll let those stars spin one last time. Hey, there we are. It's, it's worth it for the minutes of individually programming the animation in PowerPoint. But my point is, is that even stuff that we are familiar with, can still surprise us. Sometimes we don't always know everything we think we know 
about something as familiar as, say, the Christmas story. And that's why I suppose my bit of application is very simple. It's, you know, we're coming up to a new year. Uh, I personally don't believe in New Year's resolutions because I'm like most people. I, I try and do something for about, you know, a week and, and fail hideously. But what I do believe in is putting good habits in our life and good patterns of behavior. And I think the most important thing we can do in this next 12 months is commit ourselves to know our scriptures a little bit better than we do already. Because reading the Bible regularly is probably one of the single most important ways in which any of us will grow in our relationship with God. And it does that in a whole different loads of ways. So firstly, it fills our minds with God's truth. The more you read your Bible, the more you know the truth of who God is. The more you know the truth of who you are in relationship to our Creator, of how much you are loved, of how God wants you to live and be in our world, and the promises that we have from God. You know, I I love the season of Advent because all of our readings are about the promises of God. And the more we read this stuff, the more we know who He is and who we are as a result. So it fills our minds. So on an intellectual level, we know more stuff about God. But secondly, the more we read our scriptures, the more it fills our hearts with God too. Because the Bible is a living, breathing text that God uses to speak to us today. Uh, Now, any of you lot who, who already have like a really regular pattern of Bible reading, anyone who does that will, will tell you that the level of coincidence of that day's reading happening to speak something into your life starts to get a little bit scary after what? A week? Maybe a fortnight? (laughs) The more you read it, the more you learn to recognize God's voice and the more God will speak to you through his word. It's that simple. Um, You know, I've given up on the number of times where I've opened my Bible or opened my app, I've read that day's reading and there's been something that has spoken into my life or a situation that is going on. You know, we might think that starts to become uncanny. Well, it shouldn't be, because we don't believe in a God of coincidence. We believe in a God who speaks to us. And why wouldn't the God who speaks to us use his own words to draw attention uh, and communicate with us? Now, the joy, of course, is, is that we have never, ever had more resources available to us to read the Bible. You know, we live in, in you know, just a remarkable age of information. Um, God, I mean, where to begin? So if you like the high touch of paper rather than the high tech of your phone, I mean, there's a myriad of books out there to help you read through the scriptures. You know, we have the, the Word for Today booklets at the back of church that come out every three months that you can pick up for free. Uh, you can go into Amazon or, or Eden's, like the Christian online equivalent for books. You can go over to the Christian bookshop in Perivale. And those places are jam-packed full of resources to help you read the Bible for different seasons, to guide you through different books, to take you through the Gospels, the Old Testament. There's tons of stuff out there. Um, And that's not just for adults. There's loads of amazing resources out there for kids. So at the moment, um, Elizabeth, what do we read? What, What story do we read at night? We read your normal story, and what do we read as well? Our, shout it out for everyone. She's got all shy on us. We read, do we read our pens? We read our pens story. So pens, as in the thing you write with. It's an amazing resource for, for kind of 
preschool kids to help them get to know the Bible. And we read, it's like a double page, and we read that together, and there's a little prayer as part of it, every night as part of our bedtime routine. So there's stuff out there, whether you're an adult and you want things, or you're family and you've got children and you want things to do with your kids. Um, and that's, that's, the, that's the printed stuff. That's before we get into all the tech. I mean, there are loads of great free apps to help you read the Bible. Uh, Nikki Gumbel's Bible in One Year uh, comes wholeheartedly recommended. Uh, you do need to have a good chunk of time each day to do it, because it is quite a lot of scripture to get through the entire book in a 12-month, but you get all the scripture comes in the app or emailed to you with some interpretation to help you understand it. You can download YouVersion, the world's most downloaded Bible app. They have a myriad of reading plans, uh, pretty much on themes. They'll take you through the Gospels, you name it. And those are just the free things that are out there. If you want to pay some money for an app, um, there's an app that's simply called The Lectionary, which follows uh, the readings we put in Grapevine each week, and it's great. You open it up, and each day, you just tap on the little reading reference, and it opens up for you. Uh, it's the best $4.99 you'll spend, I think. Um, and that's, you know, that, this year, that's, that's my uh, kind of go-to resource. Because um, the other thing I'd say is, if you do already read the Bible regularly, then what you need to do is mix it up. You need to kind of change your pattern every so often, because otherwise we can kind of get stuck in only hearing one particular sort of voice on it, or maybe only our own voice. So, uh, you know, if you've already got your own favorite go-to resource, maybe this year is the year to try something different, to try a book, to try Bible in one year, to come at it from a different angle so that we keep growing uh, and engaging with God in different ways. And I suppose the only other thing I'd say is to start small and build up. Because again, like New Year's resolutions to go to the gym and stuff like that, we think it's all or nothing. And we, we try and start, we go, great, so I'm going to do 45 minutes of Bible reading and prayer every day. And you know what, like three days later, you've missed one and you feel guilty and terrible and it all falls to bits. So start manageable. Like seriously, if you don't have a daily pattern of reading the Bible, find five minutes. Five minutes in the lectionary app or something like that. Build it in. When, when I used to commute for work, I used to pray on my walk to the tube station and read my Bible readings on the tube because that was free time that I had. I didn't have to uh, take it away from anywhere else. But maybe you do it on your coffee break at work or a lunch break. Uh, you know, maybe you build it if you've got kids. Maybe you do it together as family and it becomes part of bedtime routine or whatever that works. But the idea is, is to find a habit that you can stick to. Uh, and, and the thing is that you start small uh, and you'll grow that into something bigger and more substantial. But start in a place that's manageable. But however you choose to do it, whether you want to do an hour or five minutes, an app or a book, just do it. Just get stuck into the Bible more this next 12 months. Don't let the Bible become a book that is full of surprises and shocks because you've never opened it outside of a Sunday morning service. Instead, let it be a book that God surprises you with. Let God surprise you, not because you didn't know what was in it, but because you heard his voice. Let God shock you. Again, not because you went, oh, crumbs, what's that? But because you were shocked at how much God loved you and how deep that went and how his promises were for you as well. So my prayer is, whatever you plan to do in the next 12 months, let's get stuck into our scriptures this year. Let's bring ourselves that little bit closer to God and let him have that room to speak to us as well. Amen. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, for the fact that all we need to know of you is contained within it. Lord, thank you that you will speak to us through it, that you'll show us who you are and your will for our lives. I pray, Father, for all of us as a church family, as we uh, look to the beginning of this new year, that our resolution, our habit that we want to put in place is a daily touch point of meeting with you in Scripture. Lord, for all of us who find the idea of that disciplined uh, way of doing it difficult, I pray, Lord, strengthen us, give us encouragement and inspiration, uh, Lord, and, and may we be so gloriously surprised by where, finding you in it, Lord, that you help us to build that into a regular pattern. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we thank you for all the celebrations of this Christmas season, for 